I have noticed this pattern. <laughs> Whatever I go on a quest to know about, the answer always turns out to be mm, it's complicated. Oh, mate, that's what all the people I ever loved said to me. <laughs> when I say complicated, I mean complicated. Christopher Ryan and Kakilda Geta, if I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name right, uh, wrote this book on human sexuality named Sex at Dawn. And someone named Lion Saxon, again, English names, huh? <laughs> reportedly not a real identity, writes a book named Sex at, well, you guessed it, Dusk, criticizing the other book. It is a pattern that goes around within the scientific community. Everyone is very much split on the topic when it comes to human sexuality. So, there are multiple theories on how human sexuality evolved or in other words, what is natural for us. Sorry fellow queers, they don't really include us in this data as an also, we are going to skip the body shape size arguments because researchers from the both sides look at the same piece of evidence and shouting like, see, we told you so. Yeah. <laughs> One of the famous theories put forth by the evolutionary biology is that sexuality evolves to ensure maximum offspring production. So by an older estimate, a woman can make around 20 to 30 offsprings in her lifetime on average, while a man can around 200 and the highest number even goes to a thousand crazy right so men are evolved to be so men are evolved to be as a great man once said randy bastards and there is an evolutionary incentive for men to fuck around while a woman have incentive to be selective about who she has sex with because that would ensure that the man would stay around to father the child which provides a better outcome for both the woman and the child. Also, the cost of sex is way higher for women throughout the history. On the flip side, Yuval Noah Harari's sapiens mention the gorging sperm theory. When people are sexually promiscuous, there isn't better outcome for the kids. This argument paints a picture of a community which is not divided as couples, but the sex was free to pursue. The theory further talks about when there was a lesser understanding of the biology of reproduction, by having more sexual partners, there would be more men taking care of the child. Even there was a belief that when multiple men have sex with women, the child, which was born, will have the best qualities of all the men involved. The picture of a community which was more communal and egalitarian than the modern societies. And sex was the force that facilitated the tribe bonding. But the other side argues, sure, the tribes were nevertheless comprised of separate cells which contained a jealous couple and the children that they held in common. There is a recent example, like recent in the terms of human timeline anyway, that completely questions this narrative. In the end of 18th century, early European travelers stumbled upon this tribe called Nascapi Indians in North America, who lives a polyamorous life as a community. So the confused travelers asked them, if you allow your woman to sleep with many men, how will you know if the child is yours? And the Nascapi dude is like super confused, like, though hast no sense. You French people love only your child, but we love all the children of the tribe. Of course, the books call them savages over and over and classical colonizers, huh? <laughs> Oh, we are gonna save the world and culture them. 
so are they not a part of the nature also to be noticed the word i loving your woman the entire argument usually is based on treating women like an object for reproduction rather than an entity which have sexual desires sure i have to agree that i have no idea how polyamory could be a mainstream thing in the way we organize ourselves now monogamy had in a way supported this modern economy to happen well there is this new idea of communal families that are becoming a thing but we need to wait and see how they would play out in a longer run in this life of uncertainty we had built for ourselves as the book sapien reads ever since the cognitive revolution there hasn't been a single natural way of life for the sapiens there are only cultural choices from among a bewildering palette of possibilities as a species which can imagine beyond the present and the known we started to organize ourselves according to the stories and the narratives that we told ourselves not one story but different localized stories and they fought like war happened for those stories so we need to ask ourselves the question of where nature stops and where nurture comes in to take it close to nature the idea of culture is not exclusive to human beings example hunter whales they organize themselves into these tribes called ecotypes and each tribe has very different practices and dietary habits which is unique to the member of those tribes to take it one more step closer to humans monkeys so there was this experiment done where monkeys were given either a blue or a pink corn one of them was made super bitter that the monkeys would avoid it so the test was done with multiple packs of monkeys and the bitter color was randomized now when the offsprings are born they almost always picked up the corns of the color the pack prefers though the corns are not made bitter anymore more interestingly if a monkey is migrated from one tribe to the other it starts to prefer the color of the new tribe sounds like culture to me and the monkeys are adapting to it <laughs> so one of the major points put forth by people who uphold monogamy is that in the animal world a lot of species especially birds mate for life they pick a partner and stay with them till their death does them apart but <laughs> there is always a but in the realm of science new genetic studies suggest that there is a lot of sexual promiscuity in lot of these species which mate for life so this brings us to a very new distinction social monogamy and sexual monogamy can we separate love from sex or love as we know it from sex the way i look at nature is it it's all accepting it doesn't say what can and what can't exist it is just the sum of all the actions taken before this particular point chaos theory so when we go on the street asking to save nature we are asking not to destroy the balance and the ecosystem which we don't really fully understand or ready to argument it so here is where culture steps in and says hey kids listen i am your best possible way to survive <laughs> when you break down culture you can realize it's nothing but what we call as mental models there is a world which works in a certain way favorable or not and i have a limited understanding of how it works but even when i don't understand how these practices seem to help us live a better life or solve some of our problems so even if we don't understand it we 
do it but then these practices solidify over time but the context changes hence we are left with a meaningless practice there may be multiple reasons for why monogamy may have been the best form of being stds family planning etc but but we are technologically advanced enough to have safe sex without worrying about these issues anymore so why is consensual non monogamy stigmatized in a species which have sex for fun and bonding so how do we imagine an early human lifestyle hunter gatherer tribes nomadic in nature well clearly the physical strength of men had more value for survival as the fight was one of the physical nature against the harsh nature and predators compare it with how we live our lives right now survival is based on work that is not just physical anymore and for privileged people like us it's ideological where the gender positions and roles can be easily tipped over we had this phase in india which we grew up listening to pati parameshwar husband is god like oh please well this is not just an indian thing charles darwin announced men are the superior sex but yeah the world has changed and women are more independent than ever they are changing the society as we know it putting a hole right through that patriarchal flag so you will know a harari in his book well you may think that i have a crush on this man and you are certainly not wrong <laughs> he said humans did not domesticate plants these crops domesticated us agriculture changed the way our ancestors lived around 12000 years ago the idea of possession takes the main stage from this point where people started to build around the land and its resources what effect may that have on a human relationship well unlike hunting in packs agriculture needed labor and care monogamy is a great team building exercise a family with multiple children could easily take care of the field and there is an established order of power one thing led to the other and here we are i don't really think we have the entire story of our ancestors but i think these milestones play a major role in how we understand them so this is what i meant by when i said nature doesn't dictate it just exists in the bound of our collective decisions the familial unit as we know it become the nature but the most important question we need to ask ourselves is even if we have a natural tendency aren't humans as a species capable of doing things beyond nature anyway didn't we survive this world like one adaptation at a time like making rules to go about it one of my favorite scenes of all time comes from this tamil movie called super deluxe so this father leaves the family and comes back after like few years as a transgender woman the entire family is devastated and the elders were like really concerned about the honor of the family etc etc this kid goes to his father who is a woman now and asks hmm should i call you dad or should i call you mom now with a genuine curiosity it was a reminder for me about the hate we learn from our societies that kid who had no idea about transgender people kept on asking questions about their life and and at the end he goes on saying like oh so god is the reason why you weren't actually born as a woman but a man so it's his mistake hmm. yeah he's a jerk anyway 
that moment that kid looked like the god we actually need putting humans and humanity in front of any damn thing in the same world where a queer woman named anjana harish was forced into conversion therapy which reportedly led to her committing suicide after a long battle a life was lost because someone sometime ago said homosexuality was not natural that kid for me is the personification of nature no judgments just pure curiosity who do we give the authority to say what is nature when you have to enforce monogamy with rules with so many people cheating around and so many couples wanting to open up their relationships oh check tinder you will be surprised at that number <laughs> are we saying they are committing a sin against nature if monogamy was natural because it exists doesn't polyamory is too if jealousy is a natural feeling isn't compulsion that feeling of bliss seeing other people natural too can we even distinguish between nature and the social conditioning when it comes to the matter of our hearts are we settling for familiarity instead of the possibilities of what we could be well you are the nature you decide that brings us to the end of episode 3 do you people think that i have become better from the last two episodes this is my first time trying this yeah and i, and I really like what's happening <laughs> so if you have any feedback do dm me you can reach me on instagram at the underscore fucked underscore up underscore philosopher and on twitter at arun underscore kaushik oh so next week we are planning to talk about how i realized that i was polyamorous um I'll tell you guys my story there there are these like cute date stories that happened in my life like I'll I'll, I'll tell you them all <laughs> until then bye bye and see you guys in the next episode